And just as a plug, the, the, there is one class that, that people should take immediately as soon as they're done with their open water, and that is essentials. I had an idea of what to expect. I knew it wasn't going to be your, your typical advanced. To learn what you didn't know you didn't know. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. How to communicate with your team to get everybody back. So it's great that these three started so early in their career. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Great Time Podcast. You're here. You're here with uh, Thousand Island Dressing Jamesy. <laughs> no, I think it's Thousand Island Dressing Brando. Okay, I'll take that. And it's... Um, St. Lawrence Spirits, Jamesy. Okay. Uh, yeah, agreed. <laughs> agreed. Shout out to, what was that girl's name? Was it Heidi? I think it was Heidi, yes. Shout out to our girl Heidi at St. Lawrence Spirits over in Clayton, New York, on the beautiful St. Lawrence River. She was, uh, I was just blown away by her, her booze knowledge, her it, exquisite booze knowledge. She she knew all the little nuances, everything. I was uh I was amazed. Absolutely incredible for someone to know that much about how a spirit separates in the water column with the addition of an ice cube, right? And describe it so eloquently as yeah, definitely. It's nice to know that somebody is taking the time to to put in a, the level of knowledge about spirits like we've put into uh teaching a scuba class <laughs> oh agreed i mean uh, you can always appreciate uh someone who has a passion for their occupation for their endeavors yeah, for sure. a, a, as well as she wasn't just a she, she wasn't just a bartender she no, wasn't just no. squirt squirt pour pour shake shake yeah. here's your drink see you later no, she she was. It was a it, everyone was a presentation. Yeah, and it was an education uh, for me at least. I I don't claim to be a a, a boozeologist, <laughs> if that's the right word. Even if, I think it's called drunkard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> well played. But uh... all right, so this week we're going to change things up a little bit. We are going to go back and. Have a little interview with the three students from this past weekend. And I wanted to do this not so much to just show off and gloat about how awesome of a class that we teach. As so much as just have a real conversation about what it really should entail, that transition of becoming a diver to becoming an advanced diver. 
and so many people that I've seen over the years, and I know you've seen over the years, that hold that card that are not really ready and prepared to do the diving that the card that they're holding and their logbook says they can do. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a question of certification versus qualification. Yeah. If I can put it uh, in simple terms. Yeah, paying, paying for a card, right, paying for a certification versus paying for education that may or may not lead to certification. Exactly. Yeah, certification is is really not even in the um, – I want to say it's not in the, the game there, but the – the main goal isn't that certification. The main goal is to learn how to dive and dive well. Yeah, that level of diving being a, a place where you really should be learning how to dive. And I, I think the kids described it really well. Uh, I think Katie was the one that, you know, said it best by mm-hmm. saying, you know, the, the, the feeling of being able to take ownership of the diving. Own the dive, bitches. Own the dive. Own the dive, I think, were her exact words. Yeah, yeah. So, No, those were so our t- words. We can't let her have that because that's trademark now. I, I don't know if I told you this. <laughs> no, it, she did say that. Own the dive, and that's a great way to put it, and uh, I love it. I, th- I wish we would have brought that out a long time ago. But All right, everybody, so let's take a listen to Katie, Chris, and Tyler. Let's own the podcast. All right, everybody. Well, welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast. You're here <laughs> with old Jamesy, and you're here with Apple Pie <laughs> Bacon Bacon Brando. Yes. And we're here with a couple of recent students uh, that were up. Uh, doing their recreational two class uh, with us last week up in Alexandria Bay, New York. Chris and Katie and Tyler, uh, say hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Hi. So real quickly, let's give it just a little run around the room and uh, let everybody know, you know who you are, where you're from, and uh, what your diving background is in your quest to do this advanced level class that we went out and did uh, about a week ago. So Chris, let's start with you. All right. Well, I am Chris. Um, I got my original open water certification through Patty uh, a year ago yesterday, actually. Oh, congratulations on your anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, I live on the St. Lawrence River, so that is uh, 99.9% of my diving experience, which uh, has quite a lot to offer as far as entries and environment, current, waves, things like that, so you can get a lot of experience in short distance. It's great. Yeah, it, uh, you know, your, your backyard here really made for a, a fantastic location for an advanced class, you know, where it's... <laughs> So much better than you know, just your your typical Stillwater quarry because we, we had all those environmental factors coming at us as well, which really made it a lot more real life that, that you had to deal with waves and surge and current and boat traffic and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, good good deal. And uh, Katie, how about you? 
Um, sure. So I am also on the St. Lawrence and I did my open water certification through a, a, a different shop than Chris and it was uh, Nowy. And I'm um, also just coming just a little over a year um, for my certification and happened to reach out to James um, after that, shortly after that course, kind of looking for more information and more guidance because I, I didn't know what I didn't know, but I felt uneasy in the water um, after my certificate and didn't really know why. So that's kind of how my journey with James and Brando started. Yeah, if I remember correctly, you, you got a hold of me and, and we met up for a for a chat over Zoom. And yeah, you 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 were certified, but you were lacking some confidence in yourself and weren't really ready to get out there and do anything on your own, if I remember correctly. Right. Exactly. And uh, that led us to um, getting together and doing the essentials, which was kind of the, where this all started, eh? Yes. Yeah. Good, good. Tyler, what about you? So uh, well, I'm Tyler and I'm certified with Patty for a little over a year now. I, uh, I'm local, uh, I guess, to James and Brandon, Metro Detroit area. I guess I was just interested in learning a little bit higher level of diving and understanding better why these guys are doing what they're doing and getting a good foundation to move forwards with. Yeah, good. And then you and I met up for a, for just like a brief one day, you know, some private instruction, right? Which kind of got you. Yeah, yeah, and no, all that kind of seeing some different way of doing things, right? Is that was that where you first? We uh, we had talked in the shop a little bit, and I wanted to kind of switch to that long hose, so we went and did that that little one day session, and um, a lot of the information that you covered and the science behind it, you know. I had never even heard before. So it, it really kind of piqued my interest in why aren't I being taught this? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And, and the, the three of you kind of fell in together, like really all at the same time, you know, it was kind of like a, a, a perfect melting pot of three relatively new divers, uh, all, you know, in their really in their first year of diving, same certification levels, similar number of dives, similar history of experience, um, similar newness to all the equipment. So when, when all three of you were interested in doing the essentials, it, it worked out perfect to have all of you guys, you know, together and, and become, you know, that nice three person team to get started. And then, um, and then now a lot of people go through training like that, you know, that we do in the essentials and it's, they got it. They learn stuff. Um, they feel remarkably better. And then they just go on their own way, you know, still looking for, you know, the, the most cost effective class they can possibly take just to get a certification to, to go out and do more dives. But all three of you, you know, sparked interest in really wanting to do this recreational two class that we offer, which is you know, equivalent wise, it's, it's an advanced class and, and a nitrox class thrown together, really. But I don't know how much you guys know about the typical advanced open water programs out there. There's a lot more meat to what we did than, than what a, a typical program is going to get you. 
I got that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any understanding, uh, Katie, of of what other people typically go through in in a typical advanced class? I can guess that it is what we went through minus all the situational awareness and critical thinking skills and team emphasis. Yeah, I've never, I've never sat in on one, but I can, I have an idea of what a typical class may or may not look like compared to ours. Tyler, how about you? Um, Did you like to I, interject there? I was going to do it with Patty before I had, I guess, made it this far. And we kind of talked about a couple things and it sounded a lot like you were going to go down and see what the difference in the colors were and do like a couple of deeper dives and really kind of just get patted on the back a little bit and made to feel a little bit more confident and handed a card is kind of the impression I got from it. Yeah. The, uh, the, the typical deep dive on a, on your typical advanced open water class is besides swimming at somewhere between, you know, 61 feet and, and something else um, and looking at a color slate, maybe doing a, a math problem on the surface and a math problem underwater to see if there's any effects of narcosis. There's really not much going on on the deep dive, but what we saw with, with us, we had a couple of deep dives that we did and the, the focus isn't, you know, so much swimming around in deeper water and following your instructor in deeper water, but it's putting together a program that's going to allow you to sh- show us that you can think under those circumstances. And when things start going wrong, you can work through those problems, manage those problems and get everybody home. Right? In that new environment that we're giving you a card to say, go, go dive and go, go enjoy. Yeah. So I, I guess I can tell you, and I know, Brando can as well. He can probably give his perspective of, you know, being instructors for decades now, the both of us. I mean, I remember teaching just the the basic run-of-the-mill advanced open water class many years ago. And that was it. I mean, there's really no there's really no classroom time. Uh, there's five little dip and dunk dives that we got to do over the course of the weekend. I don't, I don't think anyone that I've ever spoke with that I've ever heard of has ever not passed an advanced open water class. Um, you know, uh, you, you got to do a, a deep dive. You got to do a night dive. You got to do a navigation dive. And then you really don't even have to do the night dive anymore. They've, they've taken that away. In, and and, in the, and the instructor doesn't even have to be in the water, James. <laughs> the instructor doesn't have to be in the water. That is true. I, I heard that somewhere. Yeah, I, I can't say I, I, I had an idea of what to expect, but um, I knew it wasn't going to be your, your typical advanced, but I'd. Um, very quickly realized it was going to be different. <laughs> well, now, no. now a lot of shops and a lot of instructors, you know, nowadays will um, <clears throat> do for their very first dive, they'll do a, a buoyancy dive because it's an option nowadays, you know, that you can make, right? Where they'll go down and they'll you know, swim through some hula hoops or, or, practice some finger push-offs or, or whatnot on, on the, the buoyancy dive, but 
like as, as we realize in, in this program, the buoyancy is something that's really mandatory at, at all levels. And it's a part of every single dive that we do. And it really starts to come to light when we start having all these critical skills that come in and along the way throughout the dive and different failures that occur along the dive and the, the ability for you guys to stay in communication and keeping that communication loop open. That's what, you know, where real buoyancy comes into play, right? It, it's not so much just we're going to, we're going to practice, you know, hovering in the Buddha position for two minutes and then we're going to go about, you know, thrashing our way along the dive, right? Buoyancy is an integral part of every dive, just like the navigation dive for a lot of advanced programs out there, you know, is, you know, it's an important skill. It's something new that needs to be learned, right? And, and we spent some time practicing with the compass and learning the compass and yeah, we're going to learn how to do some out and back reciprocals and we're going to practice some square square patterns and but really navigation is more than just you know running a, a geometric shape underwater it's it's being able to get out somewhere and get home knowing where you're at all along the way and really the navigation as we saw what we did navigation is part of every single one of those dives but you need to get home in a triangular shape. That's the difference. Do not swim directly back. <laughs> um, this is dive three. Everybody will be returning at a tetrahedron. Please, tetrahedron. Get compasses, please get your compasses ready. That's my favorite shape to come home by. Chris, how about you? What, uh, what, what was... Uh, we were talking a little bit about, you know, everybody's perspective of, of advanced when, uh, when we lost signal there. Yeah. You know, I've seen some other courses with the instructor who did my open water and, you know, it's basically a handhold. All right, here we go. We're going to go down to 80 feet, try and write your name backwards, you know, see if you're narked see how that feels okay now we're gonna go back oh wait here here's the egg we're gonna crack this open at depth we're gonna show you the pressure all that kind of stuff there's no challenges yeah it's a little bit of a, the, the it's a little bit of a dog and pony show for the most part and a lot of them versus what you did for an advanced class deep dive was more along the lines of what Developing our own dives, our own dive plan, gas planning, teamwork, situational awareness, and then we're given failures or certain situations we have to deal with and figure out as a team, as opposed to just, oh, all right, well, we're just going to go up now because there's a problem. Right, right. But you guys, the, the big difference big takeaway of what I'm hearing come out of you is the fact that you guys actually had to do a deep dive, you know, not just follow me around in water deeper than you've been in before. Right. And watch, watch me point to the red square on the slate that you can't tell is red anymore. Right. You guys had to really organize a dive, plan a dive, execute a dive, uh, realize that uh, uh, I wasn't going to let things just go happy and easy and wonderful the whole way home that we we're going to introduce some issues that we had to overcome and get everybody back despite a couple of challenges right yeah and it truly was our own dive you know we, we planned it 
there were landmarks that we had to find to follow to get out to where we wanted to go and use those landmarks to get back. Um, so knowing how to navigate, knowing how to communicate with your team to get everybody back to plan the dive and to dive the plan. Now we talked about, you know, briefly about the three of you all, all got together and we did that essentials program beforehand, you know, how, how important would you say that is, you know, a class like the essentials is for, for building, you know, th these key skills, these key fundamentals of diving, which are buoyancy, balance, trim, uh, body mechanics, propulsion techniques, you know, learning to build this awareness and communication in the water before being able to step into a program like this. It was, it was crucial. We would never have been able to finish the first dive without that. And essentials is so much more um, um, on the individual level. You, you really have to master skills first individually before you can be expected to do an advanced class and be part of a team, a diving team, because you, um, you hurt your teammates if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, well said. Very well said. Tyler, what about you? How, what were your thoughts there? You got to unmute yourself there, Chiefy. I was going to say it's uh, imperative to, uh, to, to build those skills and to, to learn what you didn't know you didn't know and understand that and spend some time, you know, in the water before you can move on, really getting those qualities, trim and balance and buoyancy and uh, that type of thing squared away. Even then, it's still, you know, relatively mentally taxing at, I feel like, our stage in the game. Uh, as soon as you start throwing those failures in, if you have to think about the fact that you're, you know, held a little bit bigger of a breath than normal and now you're rising and you're still trying to deal with something else, it's, uh, you know, it just compounds the problems to not have those uh, those skills in check. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, we can see that, you know, something as simple as, you know, taking your awareness from controlling your buoyancy to controlling your buoyancy and tying up the spool for our flag so that we can uh, move on and do something else. Really, if things aren't all squared away right from the get-go, it's just gasoline on the flame, right? Right. So what were your, what were your thoughts of buoyancy control, you know, post-essentials? versus just what, what you thought good buoyancy control was, you know, originally coming into the game? Well, I guess coming into it, uh, you know, from the open water level, I thought that, you know, buoyancy was, you know, in motion kind of, you know, always moving in a direction, um, you know, stopping for anything or to have to solve a problem in, you know, mid-water column wasn't, you know, wasn't really a consideration the same way as it was post the essentials where we focused on being able to stay in that same spot to handle something for a minute or two, you know, you can't always be moving forwards or, or backwards or whatever direction for that matter. Right. Right. There, there, there's definitely a tendency for perpetual motion for most people. And that's what they use to control their buoyancy is that constant motion. 
What about you, uh, Katie? What, what did you? What were your thoughts of good buoyancy control, pre-essentials versus post? Do you have a, um, a thought there? Yeah, I um, knew it was important and thought I got it, and then and then went to essentials, and it took me all weekend to figure out how to get down ten feet and stay there without crashing down to the rocks and then blowing back up. So. <laughs> Um, what I thought I knew um, really was just so far off. And um, that, that was really hard for me for essentials, whether it was um, understanding the concept or not being properly weighted. Uh, that was a huge struggle for, for me that weekend and, um, and really detrimental to, to the entire weekend. <laughs> sure, sure. And truth be told, I mean, there's a lot of, instruction out there that would have accepted you into an advanced program on that very first day of the essential. Yeah. And that would, would have passed you <laughs> as an advanced diver right through, you know, over the next day and a half through those essentials, because there, although you may go down and you might do a buoyancy dive, it's not a focus of like what, what we were doing, right? It's, it's jump in the water. Uh, don't uh, just completely crash into the bottom, keep swimming for 22 minutes and then, uh, you know, make your ascent and then boom, that dives over and we move on to the next one. So the slowing down and forcing you guys to really master that base level, which when we look at the way we structure a program with those building blocks, uh, you need that in order to be able to move on to be able to do the stuff that we did up there uh, in A-Bay during the recreational too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was on this, you guys were all, you know, all beautiful and 10 feet and I was kind of on this elevator I don't know if you saw it but um I just kept going <laughs> up and down by myself <laughs> so yeah well, it was kind of important yeah well that's all I mean you got to learn you got to you got to learn somewhere and uh again you you come from a world where you know originally you know buoyancy was like the last thing you did in class you know mm -hmm. essentially it was go down negatively buoyant, learn all of this curriculum that you need to know underwater. This is all this equipment that you're going to have to use underwater. And then the last thing you're generally told in an open water class is, oh yeah, now you, you want to try not to kick the bottom and you want to try not to shoot to the surface out of control, uh, do some buoyancy control along the way, which is far different from what our perspective is, right? Right. Chris, how about you? Yeah, I thought I had my buoyancy pretty squared away uh, prior to essentials. And then uh, we got there, we had some issues, everyone getting down together. And we finally made it down to the platforms. And you said, all right, go stay over there. I was all over the place. It's just completely not what I thought I was capable or what I was doing. And I was all over the place, pushing off the platform, coming back down, falling below it. It was completely not what I thought my buoyancy was or what it should be. Right. And again, I take that back to what most people think is good buoyancy control is I didn't crash into anything while we were swimming around. Right. And what I asked you guys to do, and I told you right at the beginning was, this is going to be the hardest thing for you, but it's go down and stay still and don't do anything, right? Just 
be neutrally buoyant, be in trim, don't swim in circles, don't hold on to stuff, don't push off of stuff. Really take the time and fix this. And if you can put in that hard work of fixing this part, everything gets easier and easier and easier from there. And Brando, I know you know this, I mean, you, you've been teaching these fundamentals for years, right? And I'm sure you've seen many students from all different walks of life come into this program with an idea of what buoyancy control is before they show up. And then uh, when we're shaking their hand, sending them away. It's a different idea. I mean, you, you had every, every level of diver back in the day. I don't know if it's still that same way coming through these essentials and fundies and whatnot. But back when it was first introduced, you had, you know, tri-mix instructor trainers uh, from, from that high of a level to just basic open water students that just graduated their open water certs. But underwater, they were all the same there in, the, in that basic class and that essential slash fundies class, all the same. Yeah, not having many uh, different issues in what Katie was just describing. Right. Of... of and reverse exposure. Yeah, I'd actually go so far as to say the um, <clears throat> excuse me, the new students, the newer students had an easier time of things and actually picked up on what we were giving them and what they were expecting to or expected to do. They picked up on that a lot quicker. And I, I think that's due to, you know, we talk about muscle memory and, and, and the law of primacy and everything. And all that stuff is ingrained over decades in some of these people, and it's hard to to shake loose. It's hard to get rid of. So it's great that these three started so early in their career, their diving career. That is, yeah, for sure. And then and then moved on to a class like the, the exactly two, right? Because I mean, so many people go through the essentials, and, and I know you've had many of them over the years. That you know. It's great, you know, they, they, they integrate those skills right away immediately into their diving. But it's, a, it's the next level, like a class like this, where you really get to bring all that stuff home, right? So now, mm -hmm. now that you finally got these skills squared away, now we can start having some fun and start mm -hmm. making you work and making you think, right? Like, and we saw, the three of you guys saw early on, you know, first day, dive one of this class, and dive two of this class, right? Was a little, uh, <laughs> how do you say, uh, a little rough, bouncy, and like just getting back into the swing of things and getting back into the groove. I mean, everybody thinks it's so easy, just, hey, you got a dive buddy. Oh, now you got two dive buddies. That's got to be even better. But trying to work in a team, it takes a lot of work. Um, and I know all three of you um, were on different occasions and sometimes on the same occasions, we're all ready to strangle each other and kill each other and blame <laughs> each other. high. <laughs> Actually tried one time. Um, but it's, I mean, this it's an is an emotional hard. roller coaster, James. Your class is an emotional roller coaster. It's like a, a great movie, a great dramatic comedy, thriller, horror movie. It's awesome. Underwater yet. You don't see that. Not many directors can pull that off. So listen, you gotta, you gotta take them. You gotta show them their worst. If you want to bring take the them up, out. bring them down. That's right. I, I was also going to throw in there that these three are like spoiled little brats now is the thing <laughs> because they've never had, you know, that crap 
They've only had the creme de la creme kind of thing. So I don't know how you fix that, James. That's the downside of taking this class so early in a career. Yeah, there's a there's a bar. It's not pretty high now. Yes. Well, that's a good. We're gonna expect this. Well, I think oh, that 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 only is gonna help the entire community as as uh, you know the three of you show up on a dive boat uh, showing your level of advanced skill uh, compared to a lot of what I've seen other advanced divers along the way you know show. So that, I mean, this is something to to be proud of and to to represent and know that hey you're part of a you're part of a few you know and we we divers who go through this training you know this is how we do it and this is what we look like and you know we believe in it essentials was really one of the hardest things i've ever done uh mentally and physically and um i could not have gone into advanced without it and and then the advanced was so challenging and it's whole a whole new level for different reasons um Katie, you, you've had children, though. You've had children. You've birthed <laughs> children. <laughs> are you, are you saying that James Carson is the hardest thing ever? <laughs> no, but, but that, one, of, one of the hardest. It's funny that you say that, though, Katie, because what, what did we do new in the essentials? Nothing. We did nothing. nothing. We didn't do anything. <laughs> like You had we, to flood and clear your mask. We didn't do anything. Take your regulator out of your mouth, put it back in, right? Right. That's the interesting (laughs) thing is like you're not really doing anything new. It's it's how we're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We just we just had to go down to thirty feet all weekend and try not to go back to the surface, and (laughs) then so yeah, it was it was enlightening. So can I ask another question? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Um. So as instructors, the, uh, the standards are full of this word mastery that uh, you guys are supposed to achieve. And it's, it's used in all the agencies. So when you got your open water cert, you were certified uh, to have achieved mastery in those basic skills, mass clearing, air sharing, buoyancy, a certain level of buoyancy control. But uh, I would say the level of mastery or what we call mastery is a little bit different would you guys agree with that definitely would you would you guys say that you've achieved mastery no not really? even not even close mastery no what do you think james as far as mastery i mean well, well, they uh, use that uh, word yeah, in the standards let me let me have you uh because i think i know I, where you're going but i think i think katie misunderstood your question so yeah uh, well it's, uh, i are you saying, did you, do you think you uh, achieved mastery when you did your, when you left your open water and they gave you your open water card and said, well, Hey, yeah. you have mastery in open oh, water. Oh gosh. No, I mean, I never would have um, done essentials if I felt like that. So you could feel that there was something missing. I mean, you just right. kind of knew it. Right. Yeah. I guess what I'm getting at is that th- this idea of mastery it's thrown around and and uh that's what we use as the criteria for passing people but the, there is a difference in agencies and and instructors for that matter but uh, james would you chime yeah. in there anytime well, I, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Well, I want to get a little bit more perspective of, of these other guys so like, Tyler, okay how about you what are what are your thoughts of 
you know, uh, the essentials, you know, Katie was saying that the essentials was the hardest thing that she'd ever done. And I was making the comment of, but it's, we really didn't do anything new as far as skills, skills, right? You know, uh, and like Brandon was saying, you you have a card that says you have mastery of these open water skills. So how, how do you feel? Well, I um, I think that honestly, rec two would be what I would call the hardest thing that I've had to encounter yet. But the essentials, um, it was independently challenging because all of those things that, the you know patty said you so-called mastered um you know the way that we were going about using them and like i know i struggled the mask flood and clear uh one occasion uh because what i didn't realize was that the the mammalian reflex where you can't see and then you you want to stop breathing for some reason but there were like just the way that we went about doing things and being able to keep buoyancy and do some of the like combining these skills in that way was was taxing on a new level right right whereas usually in in most open water programs when you practice buoyancy control you're practicing buoyancy control and when you're practicing mass clears you know you're on the bottom practicing mass clears so for for a lot of people this you know the, the essentials is the first time you're controlling buoyancy maintaining trim maintaining body position um not swimming forward not uh, holding on to something and now okay let's tax you with with the mass clear we can see that okay so now there's a breakdown in buoyancy control when i have to think about something new and we start to add that in to the game and then recreational two like a level there it's the, the the kick up is now the the mass clear becomes without me saying, okay, everybody ready to do a mass clear, right? The mass necessity of clearing just happens for some strange reason. Yeah, we, we wouldn't know why that would happen. <laughs> Chris, uh, how about you? What, uh, what, what are your thoughts? These basic skills that you mastered in your open water course for your open water card, uh, and, and in the essentials, we really didn't do anything new what are your thoughts there? Yeah, the uh, basic open water uh, mastery is doing these skills on your knees, on the platform, and not getting bent. So if you can do that, you've mastered the skill according to some of these other uh, agencies. And looking back, it's there's no mastery whatsoever. It's, you, you know, barely get through it take a couple times you're in shallow water oh you had to pop up okay well we're gonna go back down 10 feet try again oh okay third time you did it great you're a master now that is no <laughs> right right and it, it's uh there's a little giggle at the end but unfortunately that's that's all too common a case right yeah and right especially knowing what what the card gives you access to which is you know go out on any dive boat in really any condition and do a dive up to 60 feet and if you do an advanced class for for a lot of these uh, certifications out there I mean, it's really five dives of 
following the, the, the instructor again. And then now you're allowed to go to 100 feet. Whether you even went anywhere near 100 or not in, in training, you know, the, when you show up on a boat and you flash that car, that's what they, what they send you out to do. Which is why, like, I look at, you know, that recreational two level is, is it is a demanding class because it's going to be the first time that you actually get to apply all that hard work that we did in the essentials. And can I keep everything together, think on my feet and, and get everybody home in a, in a smart, logical way, despite losing resources that we thought we were going to have on the whole entire dive and not just give you, you know, this happy rosy feeling of we're going to go down, you know, swim around at nighttime and uh, you're a night diver, but no, like we're going to look at the issues that we could really face on a night dive and, and how do we work our way through it? Exactly. I don't like the same thing with the navigation. Okay. We're going to go navigate. And then all of a sudden we're losing masks we have to fix those problems. We have something leaking, fix that problem. And then, okay, problems are fixed. Now we got to finish this navigation and get back. Yeah, we still got to, we still at the same time, you know, somebody's got to have the wherewithal to not lose our position in the water. Mm. Right. As uh, somebody's dealing with a, a flooded mask, right? Exactly. You know, another in- interesting thing is I didn't know there were great white sharks in the St. Lawrence. <laughs> but, you know, there's those one, are... There. I heard there's one. <laughs> there's one. There's one that was looming around and it was like watching Jaws. He would just, it would just show up <laughs> out of nowhere and I just wanted to yell to my teammates, like, look behind you! It's coming! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. Uh, yeah. So, you know, the, the difference with the, you know, with, with my job and something like that in recreational too, is to, it's not, you know, follow the leader, mimic me, you know, watch me tie this bowl and not you tie the bowl and not, that's not a bowl and not that's a half hitch <laughs> double round eyeball monkey nose. You know, it's, uh, way <laughs> off, way off. Right. It's uh, it's not, you know, we're going to do a little, you know, square problem. It's like I'm coming in, introducing some issues that that pertain to what you guys are doing. And they're commensurate with the level of training that you're at as well. Right. It's we're not giving you too much. I'm not throwing multiple things all at once. Right. This is still just a you know basic recreational class, but you can see the difference of do your buoyancy, do a mass clear versus do your mass clear while maintaining buoyancy and trim versus you all of a sudden need to do a mass clear when you weren't expecting to do a mass clear. Yeah. Right. And then, and not having everything fall apart and crash into the bottom and stir up all the visibility and lose awareness of where we were at on this, on this course. So that while we're out in real open water, you know, we need to get back home. You know, those are all skills that are very realistic, you know, for, you know, especially the, the, the two of you New Yorkers that are going to be diving together on a regular basis right up there. Those are real life problems and challenges that, that you're going to face somewhere down the road. And, and I think the, the greatest thing that a, that a real critical skill level class like that does is it gives you a ton of confidence knowing that 
We already had to do it. We did it on our own. Yeah, with, you know, you know, James made it happen. You know, he forced it to happen. You know, he sped up the inevitable. But, you know, those things are real. And uh, you, you guys all worked through that. I thought that was great. Yeah, it's definitely not um, if, if those things will happen. It's when. And I was so uncomfortable with the thought of not not following you or not following the instructor and to have to like being a, a captain, I just hated it. And I, <laughs> um, but I'm so grateful for that because I, it, I really was forced to be in a situation that I might encounter in the future and um, to practice reacting to it, you know, then in uh, a safe environment. Yeah, very good. And then, you know, even when you weren't captain a couple of times, you know, you, you were forced because of the way the, the dive went situations occurred and, and you had to step in and take over, which right. before you would have, you know, ran away from gone home. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you, but you came right into it and, uh, and took charge like, like, like your boys needed you to. It was great. Right. So let me, let me ask you guys this. Um, what do you think, like when you hear the word advanced diver, you know, what, what do you think of, what, what, what would you call an advanced diver or how would you describe an advanced diver? And maybe even give a couple perspectives of, you know, prior to doing this training, you know, uh, you know, what you think an advanced diver is versus, you know, uh, how do you guys feel now that you've achieved this advanced, you know, recreational advanced level? What is it that you think makes an advanced diver? Tyler, we'll go, we'll start with you. All right. Well, I mean, pre UTD, I really, the only noticeable difference that I could see in the, the programs was um, some like minimal, minimal training requirements and the depth that you could get to on your card. You know, for me, it was, okay, well, I want to go to a hundred feet. So I need to be an advanced diver. It wasn't what skills does that gain me? What situational, what team it was. Okay. Well, I want to go here. So I need this it, w rather than, I need to be able to do, you know, these things. I need to understand these failures, you know, what changes at this additional atmosphere or pressure, you know, there was a, there, there, to me, it was, it was more like, you know, I needed a key card to get through a door rather than I needed to gain the experience and the understanding of what I'm going and why I'm going to accomplish it. Yeah. Why, why you're becoming advanced was there a, a more realness to that post this class of, of why you even want to be there to begin with well yeah and the i guess the biggest biggest thing that the rec two class to me uh, made stand out was the value of the team where like the patty advanced open water it would have been effectively two solo divers next to each other swimming through the water at a hundred feet. Whereas now we 61 have one feet. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. 61.23. Um, <laughs> now we have three divers communicating with each other in a team, accomplishing a goal at a, a depth with a plan. You know, it, it, it changed not 
you know, not what the certification lets you do. It changes the way that I, that I want to go about doing it and the reasoning and the people who I would be doing it with, you know. Yeah, very nice. Chris, how about you? So we did a lot of the same stuff in Rec 2, as I'm sure most agencies or all agencies do in their advanced course. We, we did some night diving. We did some navigation with our compass. We did the deep dives. And I think that's all we're going to get with most of these other agencies, whereas what makes us advanced, truly advanced is not just doing those things and being done going alongside the instructor, but knowing the problems that it can occur underwater and how to deal with them at depth. You know, it's not, okay, you're advanced. You can go to a hundred feet. You still got to get back on the boat with 500 left in your tank. That's you know, how I feel a lot of these advanced courses would still be. So, you know, we're doing more gas planning, gas management, learning to deal with the problems that can actually occur. Um, but now at deeper depths in the night when visibility is reduced significantly or none, uh, needing to now use our compass to navigate back after we have to deal with an issue underwater. So it's not just doing the night dive, not just doing the deep dive. It's knowing how to deal with the problems in those environments. Yeah, uh, you made a good point about the, the gas planning and the gas management and you know, so many open water divers, they know they got to be back on the boat with 500 PSI. And the difference when they become an advanced diver is they know that I'm going to go to 100 feet and now I need to be back on the boat with 500 PSI still. Versus the gas planning that you guys learned along the way of, of the differences of, of being in that water column at four addas, you know, compared to between two and three addas and restructuring the ascent and, and getting a chance to start playing with something like ratio deco and learning how to trust your brain underwater and, and not just sit back and look at a computer and is it beeping or not, you know, and telling it what to do. You guys really got to get in there and take true ownership of your diving. Right. Exactly. And how about you, Katie? What, uh, what is an advanced diver to you? What, how do you feel? Um, before, pretty generally speaking, it was, um, you know, your next card, it, it, almost an end point on the, on the next, um, the next level of your diving. And, and so after this, it, it really being an advanced diver is having so many more skills that, um, you're going to, it's just going to be this continuous journey and there's no end point and there, and there, it's not about, um, that card. And I think, um, the most important thing that stands out is, uh, I think Tyler said it was the teamwork involved and, um, communication among your teammates and how something so easy, uh, to resolve really, um, 
can be very challenging without clear communication. And so that brought a whole new self-awareness, I guess, to my diving and to, um, to really think about how my actions and my thought process affected my teammates. And, and, um, you know, we got, there was a lot of tension, um, because we weren't understanding each other and we were misinterpreting things and, um, we were our own worst enemies a lot of times during that, those dives, because we just, we couldn't communicate. And, um, so being able to get in the water after that and, and know that what your intent and what you're meaning is, is very clear to the other people you're down there with. Um, that's just, that was so huge. And, um, along with the other things that the, the boys already said, um, being a thinking diver in different environments that you're not comfortable with, um, the night dive, I'd never dove at night before that was, I had my own anxieties about being in the water at night, let alone, um, not following someone around and having to problem solve and, um, just being very, very aware of what you can come across and being able to handle it, handle it calmly and, and know that who you're diving with, they, you can depend on them and they can depend on you. Yeah. That's, that's the huge thing of the, of the teamwork that become, you know, ultimately becomes the huge value of a good team for sure. Right. Cause we saw what happened like, like on the very first day, you know, on, on those first two dives where we struggled, had a couple of issues and, you know, we, we let the, the snowball go rolling down the hill and just everything got worse and worse and worse and everybody's lost and separated and popping to the surface and it, it turned into a train wreck. And it took a couple of days to get you guys to, to be able to sit there and uh, yeah, the tensions got high and uh, the, the, the worst came out of us because nobody wanted to, you know, be the one at fault. So it was always somebody else's, you know, misinterpretation, not my perfect hand signals that were you know, the problem. Right. But, you know, by the end, everybody realized that, you know, it, it's more than just flashing a signal to communicate. Right. And, and if you, if you've got all those essentials down, you have the buoyancy control, the balance, the trim, the head up, awareness eyes open you can see what's going on um uh, it makes it so much easier to be able to communicate those little things which earlier were just going haywire and getting out of control fast which brings me to you know what you were just mentioning there uh katie and tyler mentioned first was that so often it's in in your typical advance it's it's two solo divers going down versus you guys taking the time to learn to become a team which which brings me to the a point i would like you guys your perspective on you know the difference between buddies signaling each other and a team being able to communicate something underwater and i think because i think tyler you were the first to mention it uh what are your thoughts on that and and how uh, how how we crafted that over the weekend well Definitely communication, uh, all clarity and uniformity and everybody understanding what the other person is trying to convey. So if you don't know what the hand signal I'm using is, it's useless to you for starters. So there needs to be, you know, 
some sort of clear and uniform method of communication that can't be vocal because you're underwater. So that, that causes a problem. And then everybody has to be calm and collected enough to, uh, you know, transmit and receive. If I'm giving you a signal, you still need to take it to, you know, a second and process that rather than being, well, you know, my mask is kicked off my face and I'm dealing with my buoyancy and I don't even care what you're saying right now. If I can even see it. Yeah. yeah awesome. And I, I love that, that you have to be calm and calculated enough to be able to transmit and receive. That's huge. So that, um, that really makes the big difference in the team though, because what, what, what being able to be calm and collected and calculated with that transmission and receiving is, um, it takes that tension and the stress and the, and the difficulty of what could be a simple problem and minimize it versus when I'm waving 10 different signals at you and you've only processed the first one of them and I'm already moving on to something else. And now, you know, my valve is still blowing air and your mask is still off your face and nobody's doing anything about it because there, there is no calculation or clarity or, reception of information anywhere right right that was that that communication feedback that we talked about that feedback loop of of how important it is that just because i'm flashing something at you know at my dive buddy doesn't mean they're receiving it right so i've got to have myself in a position that i i can be certain that they're receiving the information i'm trying to pass along right and it becomes especially important when you add you know, a third or a fourth person to your dive team, because for me to just communicate to you, one person is relatively simple, but now I have to make sure that two people understand that or three people understand that and that the information gets passed through the whole loop versus, okay, well, he knows that my flashlight is, you know, screwed, but the other two don't. So. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And then something even as uh, simple, you know, so, so many people look at the, the value of, well, this is why, you know, everybody should have wet notes or, or a slate or, a, or a Rolodex of wrist slates. We can see what happened, you know, on some of these dives where that's not necessarily so simple either. If we if, if we start having a little bit of a breakdown in those essentials, right. Right. Chris, Exactly. <laughs> that is 100% correct. Right. So the, the wet notes are great if all those essentials are taken care of first. Right. And, and the, the problem that we do is generally the wet notes come out because things are already difficult. Right. And uh, things aren't getting addressed and there's a breakdown. So the wet notes come out because it's the only way I can convey this very simple sentence. But Again, if we've lost the team formation, if we've lost buoyancy, balance, trim, we've lost all those essentials, the wet notes are just another piece of, of anger, frustration, and confusion. Well, yeah, and if you're trying to make something more complex that doesn't need to be complex, that adds to, to confusion. Yeah, So, absolutely. And back to, I know Tyler mentioned a four-person team. There's a lot of down downside to adding more chefs in the kitchen there. You keep it two, three, or two twos. But if you if you go on like a four-person team, you saw what it was like with three person. So there's the pros and cons of having 
you know, three and two and, and whatnot, but you start getting past three, it, it gets crazy. Yeah, it's that's a, a little that's bit a, much, even for experienced, you know, veteran divers. The, the communication goes. Yeah, that's a tough communication loop to keep to keep going. Chris, anything else you want to add about um, uh, bloody signals versus, you know, team communication like we were really focusing on that, that you'd like to add? The main concept, the core of it is, you know, communicating with everybody as opposed to just part of the team and making sure everybody understands and not just throwing up an okay sign and not registering it. You know, the way he was saying is receiving and transmitting. It's, you know, it's right on. Yeah. Registering, right. That it clicks. Yeah. Katie, what about you? Um, big, when you were, when you wanted us to do something, it was very, very clear. And um, the eye contact for me is what you really need to make eye contact with someone that you're communicating with so that there's um, your intention is clear and it's received and you can see it, you know, are they getting it? Are they really getting what I'm saying? Um, and then just being very confident in your own gestures and signals and, and being very deliberate about what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, slow, exaggerated, very deliberate signals. And eye contact's huge, right? And that was, you know, where you guys struggled early on is similar to what Tyler was saying is in the middle of, you know, the transmission, uh, which hasn't even finished transmitting yet, you guys are already, you know, early on, we're already moving into the implementation of half of a received signal and haven't received the full information yet, right? Whereas I think what you were saying, Katie, is when there was something that where I came in and, and wanted you to do something, there was no mistake that right. we, we were having a conversation, right? Eyes are locked and, and we're in this conversation until you get it all. I was like, this is what it should be. Ah, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I, will, I will say there was one signal or gesture that we all got very, very good at and was very clear to everybody what we were saying. <laughs> <laughs> is that the, the, the one, the one fingered signal? That, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's, that was pretty, that was pretty clear. That's pretty yeah. <laughs> it works. It, it, it's clear. You're right. I was going to say, uh, I used to, when I would teach, I would teach four parts of communication. I don't know. You guys probably have heard this thing before, but you've got four parts. And in order for a message to, you know, for communication to happen effectively, all four parts have to be working together. And almost always we forget one of them. And that's we'll, when the we'll communication tell you, We'll tell down. you those four parts on next week's episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cliffhanger. Along but with it, how to bake know, an apple pie perfectly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but the, the last one is almost always forgotten. And I see that underwater a lot. And I see it at the root of most of the breakdowns, you know, when uh, things get confusing and then anxiety gets driven up. Um, but you got sender and receiver, you got a message, but then you got feedback. So you have to tell the sender, I got the message. And that's what I always see missing, which I think James is doing a pretty good job of getting through to you guys. Like you have to acknowledge that you've got, got the message. 
yeah, re reciprocating those signals to exactly. confirm that, that feedback that that feedback loop is closed. Very uh, good. That we can move on to the next part now is is so critical if we're gonna be expected to accomplish anything. And and it's not like we're you know trying to do a a, a, a ridiculously <laughs> complex you know dive. I mean this. But even in something in like 90 some feet of water, um, in a little bit of a, a current out in the river and needing to be able to navigate back home and not just pop up underneath a thousand foot freighter, that's, you know, that's raising the stakes quite a bit, you know. And uh, but the truth is, is that's the reality for it. I mean, that's home. That's backyard diving for you guys. Right. OK. Um, Randall, anything else you want to uh chat about with these guys about no no i thought they did a great job uh you you should pat yourselves on the back it's a challenging class um much <laughs> you're way ahead of the game so kudos thank you all right so how about some closing closing remarks closing comments about about the training versus just you know showing up on the cruise ship while you happen to be uh, uh, at a diving location and doing a dip and dunk advanced class, five little splashes to, to come back home and show your advance card, you know, out on the St. Lawrence to go do a dive on a shipwreck like the Keystorm, which you'd be able to do with having done your advanced class and anywhere in the world. Right. So what are, what are your thoughts? How about uh We'll start with uh, the scuba mom, Katie. Oh, geez. Hold on. <laughs> Take home points um, about the advance was really being having a solid gas management plan, um, being able to work as an effective teammate, um, communication being key, um, your situational awareness, no matter. If you uh, if everything goes right, or if you have ten things that, that go wrong that, while you're trying to empty the air out of your dry suit, um, you know. It, <laughs> um, but but those I mean that those are realities, right? And, right. Uh, you know, I th I think it's it's I would say it's critical that I mean that's one of the things that would separate an advanced diver from a just an open water diver is you know that there's no throwing your hands up and giving up. Right, at right. That level, right. You're in it no matter what, right? You, you're you're going to figure out a way to fix it. Yeah. You have to, what you have, your, your team's re relying on you and you have to, um, you have to own it you have to own the dive. And, um, you know, it, it really taught me those critical thinking skills and to slow down and, and really, um, really think about what's happening and, and how you're going to get out of it. Uh, safely so um i like i like that one you gotta own the dive i like that Katie. but yeah you know just thinking about my basic open water and what i didn't know what i didn't know going into it but even more so what i didn't know coming out of it um i i can't even imagine what these resort courses are like compared to the private class that i did um, and even then, there's just so much more. And going forward, I think, you know, meeting other divers that have their basic or advanced 
quote unquote open water, you know, I've, I feel compelled now to tell them, you know, there's more, there's more that you don't know. You don't know what you don't know and look into it, you know, with all these other agencies that are just kind of scuba mills, basically just pushing people through going to their, from their basic open water to their advanced in a couple of weeks. You know, I've seen my instructor and other classes up here, it's, you know, there's a lot of courses going on where we dive that these people are getting past and it's like, whoa, like it's everything that you guys talk about. I'm just looking, I'm like, wow, yes, I've heard this so much. And um, so just trying to get people to understand that there's so much more and they don't know what can happen, when it's going to happen that, you know, there's always, like you guys say all the time, you always have that other teammate, Murphy, that's there. And he's going to come out and do something when you least expect it. So, we, you know, last weekend we had James Murphy <laughs> <laughs> as our fourth, our fourth partner. Yeah. As Irish as they come. Right. And for, for anyone that's listening to this, if to understand more, they can listen to uh, episode 45, which is uh, Beginner's Guide to Cave Diving. It was one of the first uh, intergalactic cave diving month episodes. Oh, boy. Oh, there's the true, true, <laughs> true fan status right there. All right. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, Chris passed. That's why Jimmy Sneaker's got his own episode. Uh, Chris, Chris passed the class. Other you, other, other <laughs> you got something on your nose. Yeah. <laughs> My mask. Tyler, what about you? What are what are your closing thoughts of of the the course? Uh, you know, I uh, I really appreciate the new perspective that it brings, and. I do have to uh, agree on a slightly less evangelical level than Chris, but, um, you know, it brings a new perspective, like I said, and being able to pick out and see what you're doing wrong and progress as a diver and, you know, build those skills over time and get the experience to, uh, to move into bigger and better things if you're interested in that. Versus before where you would be left with a false or what I feel would be a false sense of confidence in being able to say, yeah, I'm an advanced diver. You know, I I go to a hundred feet all the time and really having no concept of what the failure could be in the first place. So uh, maybe we'll, we'll make the rounds again. So would you call this, um, a loan accomplishment like like this, this level class is a, a goal an achievable goal in and of itself to be to be happy and proud of uh well yes i do feel like that but even one step beyond that i feel like it's a goal and it's kind of a like a like a level to be maintained you know yeah, you, you have to said. um you have to keep up with it and, and build that skill even after getting the card. It, do, it doesn't just, here's your card, now, now you have it. Uh, you know, it, it takes work to, to keep that level. Yeah, absolutely. You got to keep building that experience 
and, and, and pushing yourself to, you know, to the level that you guys are diving now. Um, how about you, Katie? The, uh, this recreational too, as, as a goal and an accomplishment in and of itself, how do you feel? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, um, a really the foundation for the rest of my diving career. Um, we can only, you know, there's so many things we have to work on since taking that course, but uh, it was a huge accomplishment and just such a peace of mind knowing what diving should really be. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. How about you, Chris? Yeah, so, you know, I've had this idea of what I want to aspire to as a diver. And, you know, this was the next, the next step towards that goal. Um, so, was, you know, I was excited to take the course, but once we got into it and, and really got a feel for what you are trying to do, um, it's, it's became not just, you know, the next step in the progression, but knowing that I'm going to learn so much more with each course that I take getting to my ultimate goal. So it's, it was, it was definitely a goal, but now beyond just saying, okay, I got this now, you know, I'm advanced. I've learned all these skills. I feel very proud of what we did as a team. Um, and, you know, I never went any further. I would be very happy with, with, what we've achieved and what we can do and what we've learned. You know, the, the essentials is a class that you just have to take, right? I mean, it's because that's really like you, you gotta, I need a starting base. And the fact of the matter is 90% of the open water certification out there are not even coming close. 99. Established. Yeah. 99 are, are not establishing that base whatsoever. Yeah. And a class like this, this recreational too, this is the first class that I can really, you know, talk to you guys and say, this, this is how you learn how to dive. This is learning to dive here. This is going diving. This is how you're going to go diving. This is what you do when you go diving. Before this, it's, well, these are the things that you need to know to breathe underwater. But this is the first chance to really learn to start getting that experience to become a diver. Um, so many people out there nowadays, one of the, the negatives, I would say, with this amazing world that we're in in 2021 with technology and, you know, the, the Facebook photos that are everywhere and the YouTube channels and the Instagram pics and, and all that stuff. It's, it's so easy for someone to want to learn to scuba dive because they saw some photos of, that somebody took, you know, 5,000 feet back in a cave and a couple of hundred feet of water or a, a cold shipwreck in 200 feet of water. And, and that's their drive. But, you know, a class like you guys just went through really is so undervalued in a way that it is a great way to open up your eyes to millions of, of dives that you can execute at a very high level for the rest of your diving careers. Yeah. When I, when I first wanted to dive, um, I wanted to do it because it looked fun and it sounded fun and it, without really knowing how much work was involved. And you definitely through this course, you know, both of these courses, um, you can learn to dive, but then you can um, 
you have to decide if you're going to learn to dive correctly and if you are willing to to um put put in the time and the work and the effort and um it really is so much more than than the pictures you see and uh yeah i don't know where else i was going then (laughs) (laughs) it was a good run it was a good run katie Oh, so it sounds great in my head. But. Well, good, good. Well, I guess mm. I would I would answer my last question that uh, to me, you know, an advanced diver is somebody who knows how to plan a dive and can execute on that plan. You know, and you know they don't just you know get in the water and grab whatever tank is on the boat for them. You know, they, they, they look at the dive that they want to do and then they're able to say, this is the smart thing to be breathing. This is the, what I should have with me when I go for, for a volume to be able to do the dive that I want to do. You know, they can communicate that to teammates under the water and, and they can communicate changes in that dive on the fly underwater. To, to me, that's an advanced diver, not just somebody who's got an AOW card. You know, it, it's a matter of thinking and, and being able to work. How about you, Brando? What, uh, how, how would you describe an advanced diver? Well, all those things you guys have been saying already, but um, yeah, it's, the, it's that ability to think underwater uh, and apply your, what you've learned in all of your education, apply, actually apply it underwater and problem solve. So you can plan the dive, you can solve problems underwater. The idea of dropping your weight belt and bolt into the surface never enters the equation as it should never enter the equation. Yeah, I I mean, through this whole interview, I just kept thinking of my advanced open water class. And, uh, you know, you go on a night dive, you go on the deep dive, and and basically you're being led around on a dive. There was no skills uh, required, really. The navigation dive... The, the instructor wasn't even in the water. So, right. Uh, and it was, the, it. It, was uh, it was the same for me. You know, it was, you know, you tow a flag around and if the flag came yeah. back shore at the end, you pass the, you pass the navigation dive, you know, the, the deep dive for us was barely 60 feet, but it was cold water. So well, know, I went to, I went all the way, but yeah, I went to past a hundred actually, but, uh, I, I was ill-prepared, didn't have lights or anything. It was just a lot of a lot of just like, go on this dive with me, trust me kind of dives. Well, and then point, you yeah. got a card at the end of it. And I look back on it. Even then I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I could have done this without you. I mean, uh, but I, I, that's a good, that's a very good description of a lot of it out there. And I, I felt the same way is it's you're, you're being shown an advanced type of diving but it's still a follow me trust me dive right right and really teaching you ownership like what katie mentioned exactly ownership's a great 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 word for for what this class teaches you is how to own your dives but this is my first time to actually see this class and i mean it's a perfect logical step in your diving education right after the essentials i mean it's perfect It, it takes that base level of education and builds right on it uh, how to actually dive how to take the skills that you learned and apply them and uh you know i want to say real real world scenarios and they are real world of course you're under the close supervision vision of a capable instructor but uh it makes you think it forces you to think and solve problems as a team 
So uh, again, kudos to you three. Great job and James, great job teaching. So cool. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. Well, hey, there you have it, people. Three new advanced divers. But these are not just advanced divers. These are rock solid, capable, ready to go, ready for their environment divers at that typical industry advanced open water level. We call it recreational too, advanced with nitrox. And, but it's more than just that quick five dive, dip and dunk, follow the leader, follow your instructor at night, follow your instructor deeper than 60 feet, advanced certification. Yes, very capable divers. So the question, Brando, at the end, right, we were having the discussion of what really is and what really makes up an advanced diver. Exactly, exactly. Because, again, I said in the interview, and uh, I'll say it again, that was my first time seeing that course. And although I had worked with Andrew, he had talked about putting these courses together. This was years, years, and years ago. It's nice to see what it, what that idea has evolved into and how it flows so easily from that essentials level diver into the actual application of what you've been taught. And the thing about that class is, yeah, it's the, it's what people would say is the equivalent of a, the re, you know, usual recreational agencies advanced course in the sense that it has deep diving, navigation diving, night diving, and then, you know, in the regular other classes, you choose another little specialty or whatnot. Um, but in this class, A, you do a little bit more diving, but you actually, like like Katie said, you own the dives. But the thing is, all the classes required that, that uh, the skills be achieved at a level of mastery. But the funny... <laughs> Right, all, I mean, from day one, all scuba instructors are told that the student needs to have mastery, but right. what is mastery? And that's a question we've addressed on episodes in the past, and it's clear. I mean, I'll tell you the, the clearest story that comes into my mind is I remember in the mid-90s going up to Tobamori, Canada, and we were out on a boat, and I'm still young. I'm, I mean, I'm a kid in reality, you know. Uh, around 20 years old. Aren't we just on this boat kids? And, one of, <laughs> anyway. and this guy... <laughs> Sorry, James. And I remember having this guy on the boat who was a master scuba diver. Mm. And he, the whole the, the whole time, you know, the you see, we get up there the day before and everybody goes out to dinner and then you get up the next morning and you, you head down to the dock and you get on the boat and it's just a constant barrage of explaining, you know, how things are because i'm a master scuba diver yeah so i held this guy with a little bit of regard until he jumped in the water and went you know completely comatose on the surface and, and i had to do what you would describe in a, a rescue class as a passive panic rescue on the guy who just freaked out because well i'd never been in a a, a cold water wetsuit i've never been in water below 80 degrees like his yeah. master scuba diver that he achieved not to mention his rescue not to mention his advance not like everything was done down in the the the, uh, the caribbean so 
what is it that really makes the advanced diver was a interesting discussion to have. Yeah, it's not just one thing, and um, I think I think if you can sum it up, though, it it can be called real mastery or true mastery of the basic tenets of diving or the basic necessities of diving. Right. I would say that true mastery is the ability to correlate those skills to any environment that you're willing to go into. You know, clearing your mask perfectly with demonstration quality of all the critical attributes to score a five on your instructor examination, you know, in front of the examiner is a completely different game than being able to clear your mask efficiently in midwater in real life. Right. Right. While your hands are busy holding a you know the flag or whatever, you know, towing the flag. And try and still yeah, still maintaining totally different worlds. Yeah, maintaining uh, the team awareness and the environmental awareness and the equipment awareness, you know. It's it it, it definitely puts it in perspective as far as that's just one skill. That's just one tiny little skill that you need to really have under your belt to to be a capable diver. And yeah, when you do open water and four dives and then the next week you do your quote unquote advanced diver and five dives, you're not an advanced diver. You're, (laughs) you're just not, I I don't care if you, who we are, you you can't be an advanced diver. You still need to be holding the hand of the dive master. Right. Just now you're holding the hand of the dive master in 80 feet of water instead of 40 feet of water. I mean, that is the reality of it. Right. So, yeah, the, definitely a, a huge difference in, in the two uh, certifications. And like I say, one I call qualified, the other one I call certified. Well, we talked a lot about the essentials, too, in this class and why that is so foundationally important and you made mention of of the evolution that we that we were making with a course like this years ago because in the past you never really got any practical application and and team building and really problem solving in a class unless you were taking a cave class or a technical class you know, from instructors that were specializing in, in, in this way of thinking and team building. So the, the, the fact that we're able to give a next step in the essentials where you can actually apply all that stuff in real training without telling everybody you have to be a technical diver, or you have to be a cave diver, right? You could still be a recreational diver, fully happy and content with, you know, diving within the recreational limitations, but have a solid base for building and growing yourself as a diver and as a dive team that is going to transition later on and integrate right into that higher level training. Absolutely. That, uh, you know, that whole, it's almost as if the, they have this idea, like you just keep throwing shit at the wall and something's going to stick eventually because again, the idea of mastery, the idea of capability and the idea of owning the dives really really aren't built into the regular recreational curriculum and at i would go so far as to say at almost every, any level there so yeah you can take that essentials you need that essentials and i think that was a great point i, I don't want to switch switch gears too much here but you can't take an advanced class like this 
without having the essentials. You just impossible. Uh, you won't you won't get past really the dive one. You won't get past dive one. <laughs> you know what I you know what I'm saying? And I, I think you were trying to touch on that, the necessity for the essentials in going further in your dive education, i.e. going into this recreational advanced class and pointing out the fact or highlighting the fact that essentials, the, the fundamentals, when I was teaching fundamentals, although, yes, you needed it to get into a tech class, it's not just for tech training. It's not just to enjoy technical diving or being able to do technical diving. It is to enjoy diving period and it is yeah it's to really be able to have control and enjoy yourself underwater no doubt about it i mean this this is you know we call them the essentials because they're, they're the key essential things that you have to have yeah you know in, in a way you kind of need to know how to dive so you need to have an advanced card and an open water card maybe to even walk in because th- there's things you need to know but the essentials is showing you how to do those skills in a real world and then a class like this that we did this this advanced this recreational too is this is how you actually apply it on real diving exactly and you got to have one before the other yeah you can't be applying something you don't have right if you don't have those essential skills capabilities you're not going to be able to apply them in, in the application phase of diving which is direct to the technical and, and further training. I, I'm always, when we start talking about the need for that essentials level training, that, that fundamentals, that essentials level training, I, I always think back, this is something I didn't say, although I wish I did because it's spot on, is, uh, you know, all diving is basically the essentials. All diving is the essentials, whether it's, it's recreational, technical, or whatnot, you know, whatever else. It's always the essentials. It's just, you know, technical is essentials on steroids, if you want to put it that way. But it's all just essentials. That's what it always comes back down to, right? Buoyancy, balance, trim, body mechanics, and awareness. It's just a level of how how high we're going to turn up the heat with uh, problems because you want to get further and further and further away from the surface. Right, yeah. And, And taking that teamwork to different levels and... Yeah. 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 So I was really proud of these three. I thought they did a great job. Big takeaways. I'll give kudos to, to each of them for one, one thing that they said in that little interview. You know, Katie, of course, with owning the dive. I think she said, own the fucking dive, bitch. Did she say it like that? She's tough. She's tough chicky. Um, I, I liked Chris's understanding and realization of th- there's still so much to learn. You know, as well as they did and as much as they accomplished and as, as good as they got, there's still so much out there for growth and improvement. It's never-ending, James. It's never-ending. Never ending. I, th- I and, think and he I gets say, that. And I yeah. say the same thing with you and I. There's, there's still – I mean, I'm not the greatest diver in the world. I'm not the most accomplished diver in the world, and I, which I think is an asset that I have yes. is that I know that and I realize that, and I'm always working on getting better still myself to this day. Hey – in order to stay hungry, you have to know that you still need more food. I mean, it's the same with the education. You're not, uh, if you think you know it all, <laughs> you're not going to be able to learn. I think, you know, the great, a great philosopher said that once. The, the fucking hardest man to teach is the one who, who knows it all. He can't learn a thing because he already knows it all. Right. 
and and lastly about communication in the water. I, I loved mm-hmm. Tyler's line about transmitting and receiving and knowing the difference between the two. And when someone's transmitting, you gotta you gotta get it all in before you go making decisions. Yeah, absolutely. I think there were a lot of great lessons learned by all three of them. They were they all had they all brought strengths and to the game and unique traits, characteristics, strengths to the game, and they all had their each had their own little areas they needed to work on. Um, but I think they all came away with hopefully being able to identify those things and use them to their advantage. You know, and I mean that's what I saw in in the diving, in the in the the actual diving and the um, situations that you helped uh, happen, <laughs> helped to make happen. It they're designed to show you where you need to work. Is they're not, to, you know. Again, I always say it's not about beating up on anybody. It's not about you know trying to make someone look bad. It's about showing you your strengths and showing you your weaknesses and showing you how to work through those and continue to work through those. Well, yeah. And, and in a well-rounded way, because all of those dives have purpose and, and meaning, right? I mean, sometimes it's about, um, equipment awareness amongst the team. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's about, you know, repositioning the team and other times there's constantly different factors coming into these dives that make you think in different ways so that when you leave, you can become a well-rounded right. thinking diver. Know who you know thyself. You know, that's what I, I, I say topside. I know say it underwater too. Know thyself. Know your weaknesses. Know your strengths. Um, You've got to work as a team. <laughs> you can't do that if uh, if you're great and everybody else isn't. <laughs> Okay, well, hey, everybody. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this one. It was a little change of pace for the old Great Dive podcast. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I had a great time uh, working with the, the three of those guys, uh, being up in New York with Brando, having a great weekend, and uh, teaching a really good class. These guys hit all three hit home runs, and uh, we just wanted to share this with you uh, to think about what you feel it is to actually be called an advanced diver shoot us a message let us know what you think thank you and thanks for letting me be part of it james it was great it was a wonderful uh, wonderful time okay let's sign some logbooks yeah let's put this one in the books brando murphy <laughs> it was great diving with you once again to my brother james murphy <laughs> you you really became the Murphy. You you actually became the Murphy. That's that's great. All right, everybody. We will see you next week. Safe diving, peoples. Peace.